Welcome back to the Media Maestros Pod. We're so glad you joined us. We're glad to have you with us. And we couldn't do it without you. I'm one half of your team, Ram, with the one and only Ray. Thank you for joining us. We're excited to get back into it. Ray, how are things going, my guy? Things are going great, Ram. It's it's another great day, you know, back on the pod, and I'm excited to get into our topic. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. I um, was doing some research. And I was okay. a little excited. I saw an article. It actually got me a little disappointed. It said uh, Chance the Rapper's new album is coming next year. I thought it would be next month. It's coming out next year. So I'm a little sad about that. You feel, you share my feelings? What are you thinking? Um, I can wait. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I He's had like a couple singles since the big day, but... The stench of the big day is still in there. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. The stench. Yeah. Wow. Because it's one thing to just drop like kind of a lackluster project, you know, Mm -hmm. like Corday did, in my opinion, with Bird's Eye View. Yeah. Or Roddy Rich did with his second album. Yeah. But the big day, that's a that's a stinker, in my opinion. You know, I went back and listened to it. I'll be the one to take the. I think it was actually a decent album. Really? Call me crazy. He had a lot of tracks. He had uh he Lil, did. Lil Dirk, Nicki Minaj. He had I think okay. the fact was that it was some it was a wholesome album. People aren't really feeling wholesome albums these days. I don't think that's the problem. I've I've been, I've heard that. I don't think <laughs> I don't think the subject matter is necessarily the problem. Okay. I can't I don't think any of those songs like they, they try to um make hot shower like a thing. But even that song itself is just is corny. That one was corny. corny. That one was corny. But the songs just didn't stick. The production just wasn't as good as his last couple projects before that. That's that's the reason that I, I I'm I'm never going back to it. Honestly, that's fair. Well, we'll have to wait until next year to see what he does with this follow up. But I'm optimistic. I mean, you know, anything's possible. He might come back strong. We'll see. Anything's possible. Well, speaking of stinkers, Logic's <laughs> new album dropped. But, okay. but I'll be the, I'll, I'm going to stand on it. Let me get close to the camera and say this. Okay. I'm Logic's listening. album was really good. Really? It was really good. It was called College Park and it was a really cool concept album. He, um, and I will get more into this. Maybe a couple episodes down the road, but it was a concept album where he took a look back as to all the places he dreamed to be in the future and how, you know, what he would do, what he wouldn't do. And he did a great job of weaving in who he was into who he's become and kind of the why and the how behind that without focusing the entire album around being half black and half white. Oh, thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) That was taxing. (laughs) <laughs> but I thought it was great. This is just a quick shout out. I think people should check it out. You know, a little callback to last episode for those that listened to episode four. There was one particular song that's uh, gotten a lot of buzz on TikTok. It's the one featuring Seth MacFarlane, where mm. he's doing the Frank Sinatra uh, hook-esque. Was that the flip, the Frank Sinatra flip? I think so. I, I haven't heard the song. I just, they play the the Seth MacFarlane part. Mm-hmm. On like as it, it's a sound on TikTok, and everyone's like loving that specific aspect of it. So, I I, I do want to check that song out. But is he spitting? 
there are a lot of songs up there, a lot of real standout moments where you remember who Logic really is. A guy mm. that can spit, a guy that can rap, a guy with a lot of perspective that okay. um, is valuable when you really focus on what he's doing and not necessarily all about where he came from. So I enjoyed it. I think people would like it if they check it out. Okay. I can't say I'm too surprised because I did like No Pressure quite a bit. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. I also I liked, uh, was it Young Sinatra 4? I think yeah. was a recent one. Mixtape. So it's just been up and down. That's the problem. It's not that he hasn't put out anything good in the past few years, but you know, you look back at Confessions of a Dangerous Mind, which wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Supermarket, whatever that was. I had to pass on that one. I passed on that as well. I passed on that as well. So, you know, you just got to, you you just don't know for sure what you're going to get. But I'm I'm glad to hear that this one's actually uh, a good release. That's a great point. I was looking forward to it, and I'm, I'm glad it finally came. All right. So uh, speaking of things that finally came, you saw Creed 3, right? I did. I did. You talk about Blockbuster. You talk about highly anticipated. I'd love for every single person listening to go check out Creed 3 in theaters, whether you find it uh, matinee, main Mm. showtime, weekend. That was my favorite movie I've seen in maybe the last year. Really? That's really all of 2022. Praise. That's really high praise. And wow. um, this was, as we know, it's Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. And right. I mean, he knocked it out of the park. Okay. I feel like he had Jonathan Majors alongside him, who I personally had never seen act before. Really? Wait. <laughs> never seen that. I've never seen Lovecraft County. I've never seen Ant Man, as we talked about last week, or Loki. Or the Loki episode. So for me, this was uh, I heard a lot about this guy. Who's this guy? Okay, I see. I I get the hype. Really, I get the hype. There were moments I found myself watching the movie and forgetting that this guy is not a boxer. This guy (laughs) is not some misguided teen from the inner cities of L.A. This is a a theater kid, but he Mm. play he sells the role so well. Okay. I mean, there's so much emotion. There's so much feeling. There's so much passion. I felt like these guys really knew each other from 20 years back, and they had bad blood. He knocked it out of the park. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but Mm -hmm. I loved the acting, the cinematography, storytelling. It was so elegantly weaved, but also so kind of action-packed that kept you on the edge of your seats. I will say one complaint is that it did feel a little rushed. Okay. I think they tried to tell a big story in what two, two and a half hours. I think that it it's the type of thing that could have benefited from maybe a second movie, but I get why you want to fit it all in one. I mm. loved it, man. I really loved it. Do you see the Creed franchise continuing on the same way the Rocky franchise will get like Rocky or Creed seven at some point? Or do you think it's dwindling down? I think we could. And the way the movie ends, it kind of alludes to where it might be going next. Okay. Don't want to give away any spoilers, but for those that have seen sure. it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It uh, It's a movie with a lot of potential, even mm. in the fact that this is kind of concluding the trilogy of the three. But um, I could see it kind of extending into that six, seven range. But the thing is that even Rocky, you know, five, six, seven, it was to the point where it was like, all right, bro, like, I get what you're doing. Like, we've, we've gotten enough. Sure. So and I don't know what needs to. That's fair. 
there have been reports of uh, either Jonathan or Michael or someone saying how that duo could be the next uh, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. Do you think that they have as strong as chemistry as, as those legends and can carry on multiple movies together? So the chemistry, yes. I mean, these guys, I, as I said, there were moments where I forgot, like, this is just for play play. Like, this is just a movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> these guys aren't real boxers. They aren't real fighters. They really sold it well. But I will say, and I hate to be, you know, the bearer of bad news, but Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan, they're, on, they're on different planets when it comes to acting. I'm, I'm not trying to be offensive. <laughs> They're on different planets. I mean, Jonathan Major, he's like, <laughs> this guy's like Denzel range. Michael yeah. B. Jordan is like Terrence Howard range. <laughs> and that's it's, no disrespect. It's been, it's been a common thing where people kind of pick at Michael B. Jordan's actual acting ability. And Jonathan Majors has been getting a lot of credibility in that, that field. Uh, it's kind of like when I saw the movie Don't Worry Darling. I don't know if you caught that one. But you had Florence Pugh, who's a Academy, you know, caliber actress doing scenes with Harry Styles, <laughs> who <laughs> does not stand up at all. And it was just it was a little you could definitely see the difference in, in ability there. So it sounds like it's similar to that a little bit. And I think, you know, some actors get by on their looks. Sure. You think about Creed, a boxer, cut, chiseled, Michael B. Jordan, looked great. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, these guys run the gamut of roles they can play, perspectives, sure. how they take on a role. Michael B. Jordan has yet to demonstrate that. He did great in The Wire, but I don't know if he's given us enough to say he could stand on that level. I'm That's not going to count point. him out. I'm optimistic eternally. I wish him the best. But it'll be exciting to see. I think the next five to 10 years really could bring big things for those guys. Absolutely. I'm interested to see where their careers go. I think it'll be exciting. Well, speaking of triangulation. Okay. I know you had a movie to share with us too this week. What have you been seeing? Yeah. So this past weekend, um, the AMC that uh, is a little bit down the way that I go to was having an Oscar showcase. So they're showing all of the Oscar, the best picture nominated movies because the Oscars are coming out uh, this weekend, actually. And one of those is a movie called Triangle of Sadness. It is a it's a very odd movie. Mm-hmm. It, it the premise is basically you have this couple. They're models. Um, they come from that kind of glamorous life. Mm-hmm. And they end up taking this cruise. And that, at that point, the story just goes in some crazy places. Okay. So, this is a film that you really just have to like strap in and just go for the ride. It's not something that's like super believable, <laughs> it's a little bit fantastical, surreal. Okay. Um, it, it reminds me of something like Swiss Army Man. Okay. Uh, for for those out there that might have seen that one, it just it's just a wild adventure of a movie, but it's it's a movie that's satire in in a similar way that the menu was that came oh, out okay. last year. Okay. It's it's a satire. It's it's poking fun at um, the elite okay. and you know breaking down classism and 
issue capitalism and things of that nature um kind of also similar to to a parasite okay so there's there's a lot of great substance in the movie it's it plays as a comedy in a lot of points because of just how absurd it is mm-hmm. that the the things that the characters say and do they end up in these like wild predicaments so it's it's a fun watch for sure now is this the kind of satire dramedy as a white lotus might be or is this kind of more akin to a babylon and its historical kind of over the top exposure of how this side of america is what would you say i think white lotus is a good comparison i haven't seen season two okay i've only seen most of season one which i hate by the way i think it's unbearable but if we're just talking about the content of the show it's it's similar it's and there's actually like a entire like the main third act is them on this beach stranded and it kind of reminds you of because you have these people that are from this high class mm-hmm. and they're having to deal with being in the in this incredibly you know disastrous situation and just how uh distance they are from actually having to struggle and showing that showing their privilege showing how inept they are and just basic human survival things it's again it's played for laughs but you Mm -hmm. also can kind of like really take the deeper meanings that the directors director writers is trying to say throughout the movie and i think it's overall it's is done very well okay well that's exciting man i'm looking forward to uh hearing more about it with the oscar season coming up Mm -hmm. and definitely checking it out if i get the chance triangle of sadness Triangle of Sadness, yeah, one of one of my favorites of the Oscar noms so far. I have one more to watch, but that that's a good one for sure. Okay, well, we'll see how it performs Oscar weekend. Looking forward to that. Well, speaking of ineptitude, okay, you mentioned that there was a show coming up that's been at the top of everyone's list of must watch the last couple years, right? Mm. Yeah, the season three of Ted Lasso is releasing very soon it is a show that jason sudeikis keeps getting (laughs) the win for best actor in a comedy series yeah he's absolutely killing it uh that role was made for him yeah uh, essentially so it's a great show it's a it's a comedy on apple tv plus it's about a guy who comes from america coaching football He's in this position of in the UK coaching a football, a soccer team, and just all the the trials and tribulations that come with that, and the the different characters that he meets along the way that all have their eccentric personalities, mm-hmm. and it just it just really it does have like those darker moments where they get into you know the psyche of of the main character and and things that are going on, but it's just a really like wholesome watch overall i think and and you've you've been watching it as well haven't you yeah you know um as i think about how i feel about this show you know i know a lot of listeners a lot of viewers have been saying you know rembert you love everything everything's the best show ever (laughs) you just never have a bad thing to say i need to come forward and just admit 
This is my favorite show of all time. Wow. That is huge. This show, anyone that really knows me knows that I love sports. Absolutely. Um, everything sports. But I also love, you know, goodness and just smiles and laughs. And for sure. This show is like everything that I could. If there was a show that was made for me, this would be uh -huh. it. I mean, there's a football coach. It's such, such a kind-hearted good man who gets placed in this random predicament. But throughout the way, he never bends on his morals. He never bends on his goodness, his kind-heartedness, even in the face of laughter, the face of despair. But beyond just the main character himself, this show does such an excellent job of character development. Mm, I think absolutely. about from season one to season two, as certain characters have evolved and developed, whether that be from, you know, a nice, kind, humble young man into someone that becomes somewhat villainous in their own ego and pride. As I also think about someone who goes from an arrogant, kind of selfish jerk of a teammate to someone who is a team first, selfless leader. Mm -hmm. This show does such a great job of making it, but not necessarily as in some shows you see where, you know, one episode, the guy's nice. The next episode, the guy's a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> one episode the guy was kind-hearted the next episode the guy's giving people the middle finger this show weaves in the themes subtly over yes. episodes piece by piece by piece until you see whoa this is not the person that we grew to love absolutely yeah it's it's a testament to the writing but also the acting because every for the past couple years it's not only jason sudeikis that gets nominated it's essentially the whole cast, all the supporting uh, actors as well get get their due because of how great they're playing these characters. And, you know, the the ones that you fall in love with, the ones that they make you despise. It just works, you know, completely from from the first episode to to this season two finale. And I'm really, really excited to see where they go in season three. Um, and. I, I believe that you haven't gotten to the season two finale yet. Is that so right? So I, I haven't gotten to the finale yet. I um I kind of see where some things are trending towards. Okay. And I'm picking up on some things, some themes along the way of this season. And I'm just blown away at how just every single episode, I find myself either moved to laughter or moved to tears or mm. moved to just contemplative thought. Mm -hmm. I love it. I'm looking forward to season three, looking forward to finishing season two first. And uh, we'll definitely bring our thoughts right back to the media maestros. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that. So uh, bringing back uh, Creed three, I believe that uh, this is another soundtrack because you mentioned the Black Panther soundtrack that was a particular song you enjoyed. This soundtrack, um, what are your thoughts on this one? I did. This is another soundtrack, you know, with that Ryan Coogler and influence of just being so crafted to fit the movie really well but also fit the times i think a lot of these songs are the type that you might hear out you might hear around you might hear at a club you might hear on the radio you might hear in a playlist i um the standout for me by far was the j cole interlude mm. that's called the adonis interlude and it flips okay. the watcher by dr dre okay and funny enough dr dre actually produced this track nice so um, that song blew me away. The soundtrack is top quality. A lot of the top artists, um, you know, you have J.I.D., you have mm. Lute, you have uh, J. Cole. You have a lot mm. of just premier artists that Dream are kind Bill. of, Dreamville, kind of bringing back that 
the soundtrack hype. You know, back in the day, a lot of soundtracks were as sought after as the movies themselves. I yeah. think this follows along with that. I definitely highly check, recommend checking that out, even if you haven't seen the movie. And I was actually a big fan of the first Creed soundtrack. That one in particular, I really enjoyed. It had but Meek Mill on there, Childish Gambino on there, mm-hmm. even Tessa Thompson, mm-hmm. who is an actor in the movie, had a song on there. It was really dope. So I, I look forward to, to listening to this in the movie and on Spotify as well. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's worth the listen, and uh, I think the people will like it. All right. So uh, I have a album, okay. and it's an artist that actually appeared on that soundtrack. Okay. We got J.I.D. Jid, and he has been killing it for the past few years. You know, premier Dreamville artist, and he's he's been blowing up for sure. I actually went to mm-hmm. a concert of his. Oh, wow. Uh, uh, Jid and Smino performed together, Love and that. it was really dope. He has a lot of great songs. He This particular album is a great balance because he does have those songs where he's just spitting like straight he normally bars. does, just straight, straight bars. bars. But then he also has the softer songs where he showcases his singing ability. Mm-hmm. He's actually no, a, a, a little really bit. T- a little yeah, bit. he's actually can hold a note and, and get those type of vibes out there as well. So I think this is a great album. It was one of my favorites of last year. And he just continues to keep me engaged and, and amaze me with his projects. I've been a fan since the Never Story. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, DiCaprio, the DiCaprio projects were also great. So this is just another one, you know, on his uh, discography that shows how great of a, of a new talent that Jid is. Are there any songs in particular that really stood out in this project? Oh, man, there's there's a few. I like uh, Brother Dem, Brother Nim. Yeah, Brother That's Dem, a good yeah. one for sure. Um, the. The big single surround sound was a was mm-hmm. a hit with Twenty One Savage and and Baby Tate. That was dope. Mm-hmm. I I genuinely like almost every song on this project, and they are it, it's versatile. You know, it is. there's upbeat, it. there's uh you know slower songs. It's it's great. You talk about his singing ability. He tapped in with uh, Ari Lennox. Can't make mm. you change. That's oh, one yeah. of my favorites. Love that one. She That's did a, a great job on that. They both held yeah. their own. Also, really recommend his uh, radar. Essentially, the first track. Yeah, that's a fun one as well. You talk about bars. I mean, bruh. He's a spitter. He's, He's, He's a spitter. He's a spitter. So, yeah. definitely recommend. That's a great, great call out. But speaking of bars, uh, if we want to get into our blast from the past, uh, I'm there's a <laughs> there's a great show from HBO. Uh, we could talk about that a little bit. It's Oz. Um, and what what are your what are your thoughts on this great show? So Oz was a show I started during pretty much during the pandemic, height of the pandemic. And um, it was a show that I had heard so much about. You know, HBO doesn't miss. You know, they've had they don't. hit after hit after hit. The Wire, Game of Thrones. I mean, I could we could have a whole episode about HBO yeah. smashes. But I feel like Oz was one of the first that really set the tempo for HBO doing things a bit differently. It did. And for yeah. those that don't know with the Segway King. Oz is a show that's set in a prison and essentially it details a somewhat of a alternative prison experience for some imprisoned inmates that are selected to go through this kind of trial. And 
the show does a great job of getting into in some ways what it's like to be in prison uh-huh. it also goes through some pretty graphic um experiences it's you know, a brutal one, show it's a brutal sure. show this show came out in 2003 so at that time this was a time as you all know where tv was less edgy as it is nowadays the show definitely detailed um a lot that is often overlooked for those that are imprisoned and um i recommend checking it out for a blast from the past the show's going on about 20 25 years old and it's worth uh-huh. uh, just seeing how tv has evolved but also seeing the depth and complexity of a show from a time where TV was different. What would you say, Ray? Yeah, I think something that I would add to what you've said is that a lot of shows go on for maybe like a couple strong seasons or a few strong mm-hmm. seasons, and then they kind of uh, level out and, and lose the qualities that you enjoy. I think Oz is one of the few shows where every single season is great, and mm-hmm. you can watch it from the first season to the last season. And it's just an enjoyable watch all the way through. You know, it is one of the first, I believe, if not the first, one of the first hour-long dramas on HBO. Mm-hmm. And it, it set the, the tone for a lot of the greatness that came after it. It's, it's a recommend for sure. If you, you know, subject matter, it's triggering, it triggering graphic. Anything that you can think of that happened, that could happen in a prison, happens in this show. <laughs> they depict everything. So just be prepared for that. But as far as acting, the cast... The writing, directing, cinematography, it's its amazing. Well said. Really well said. Couldn't have said it any better myself. And with that sound, right at time, we thank you all for tapping in for another episode of the Media Maestro's podcast, where Ram and Ray, glad to be here with you all. And thank you for listening again. Have a good one. See y'all.